Why he fighting fighting this? Why what 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 what, what is his goal? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Hey, yo, welcome back to another episode of the Immigrant Section. It's your boy Boss Wob, as always, saying what the fuck is going on. <laughs> As always, wherever you're watching, smash that subscribe right there. You know the gist. If you're on Apple, Spotify, Google, plus follow all that so you can find out when these episodes drop. Again, it is Tuesday, but click that button nevertheless. And enough of all that. Sitting across from me today, Hi. the legend. Hey. Hey, you're not supposed to talk yet. <laughs> Jordan Paul Chiquia, what's popping, doggy? Man, we got comedy back. We did a show. Did you see last night they did the show? At, uh, the they garden. still did it? Well, it yeah, because it rained all day, but there was a nice... There was. There was a couple hours of sun. And it gets hot. So they did the show still. Yeah, and it was packed. It was nice to see that people go out. Did you go up? No, I didn't go out. Okay. I didn't go to the show. I was... Uh, when I figured it was going to rain, I designed my day around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I stopped. Everyone knew it was going to rain. Every now and... The weather forecast can't be trusted but for some reason friday was like 90 percent rain and the show was like we're canceling thursday they're like we're canceling tomorrow i was on uh some other guys park show it's all park shows but uh, he's like yeah we're canceling it moving into saturday blah 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 everyone knew the rain was coming listen to this <laughs> okay goddamn. you know when they go 30 percent chance of rain yeah it doesn't mean that it might rain and that there's a 30%, like, it's a nice day. And it doesn't that, mean exactly that. No, no, no. It doesn't mean that, like, there's a nice day and it's 30% chance off of the nice day that it might rain. It's that it's going to rain and that 30% in a given area. Huh, really? Yeah. So when they hit you with a percentage, rain is guaranteed somewhere. Yeah. Huh, I had no idea. I thought that meant... Neither did I. Oh, shit, dude. You're on that meteorology shit now. Well, my girlfriend is, uh, she's very good with these like really odd facts. Like she just know, like she could sit you down. You told me she would handle Jeopardy. She does. Yeah. She was playing it the other day. Like while we were watching somebody play and this guy was really good. And there was one round where she was like, she would have won. She would have won. Like actually. Yeah, straight up. Did she grow up watching all that shit? How do you how do you accumulate smart. like is first she, of all, women are just intelligent. True, absolutely. Off the top, women emotionally. Are very smart. They're just smart. When it comes to fighting and racing cars, man, and fucking just fucking man, it's us, bro. <laughs> bro, wallahi, man, it's us. We are number one, dog. I, yeah, we're definitely we, we could definitely like uh maybe tackle a bear, you know, and, yeah. and that's our and move. And then get for mauled. Sure. But I don't know, logic uh like I think about my reactions to things, way different than she does. Like I'm, I guess, kind of aggressive, even if it's passive aggressive. You know what I mean? You're very aggressive. By yeah, the way. and not, not <laughs> yeah. Let that sink in for a sec. I'm very aggressive. Not in the traditional sense of like, oh, I'm gonna that guy bumped into me. I'm gonna fight that guy. Yeah, you know, no, no, I had no. not like a pride point of view. But the point of view of like you will step right into someone's like you're the type of guy that like if you worked at a Best Buy, someone uh, employee would come up to you and stand one foot away from you. Is there anything I can do for you? Like, no, yeah. dude, yeah. You're, just like, you're too close. You're, too you're close. that type of aggressive where it's nice aggressive. Yeah, but it's aggressive. Yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm carrying my line around with me. You know what I mean? It's like, there's my line. Don't cross it. But I, I will sometimes put my line behind you. Yeah. You, oh, yeah, dude. It's like automatically cross it no matter what. 
Remember the Chappelle where he goes, he would say, where um, uh, Charles Murphy goes, he would step the line habitually. He was a habitual <laughs> line, line stepper. Yeah. Like yeah. you're a habitual uh, well, I'm private the, zone enterer. I said that to my buddies the other day. We have a chat, we have a chat group. And I said. Uh, it cuts to you just whispering right in his ear. <laughs> yeah. Like, I said to my friend, I said, well, you know, when it's going good for you, I like to turn it into the wall. Like uh, when we're joking around and everyone's laughing, I'm like, oh, I like to throw the joke into a wall. What, what, what does that mean? What do you mean throw it into a wall? I don't know. I think I just I look at the comedy of everything. So when we're joking around in a big group of people, sometimes I like to just turn the bit right into the floor. Like, let's let's see if how funny it is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, so somebody's joking around. That's an anarchist. You're yeah, an anarchist. it's just like, I don't know why, it, but it's funny to me. And over the years, I've definitely had to uh, turn down its annoyance. Do you know what I mean? Like before when I was a kid, I would just do it. Like, holy shit, what are you doing? Like, like at the expense of everything? Sort of, yeah. Especially in class when I was growing oh, up. Oh, dude, same, 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 same. Like, same. If, something, if the teacher was doing something, I knew that whatever the opposite of that was would be funny. Or would be at least jarring. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Which is a, a step towards the direction you're going. I just want a reaction. <laughs> yeah. And, um, bro, that's what I don't get. Yeah. See, I'm of the mindset that. The class clowns were the ones not getting attention at home. And I know you were very loved. Yes. Oh, yeah. You come from, you have like a very like pampering mother. Yeah. Lots of attention at I home. I should be. So how were you the class clown too? That's what I'm confused about. Me, I'm just trying to unpack all this psychology shit. Well, I should, I should have really been screwed, like coming to the city because the way my mom raised me was very like sheltered and yeah, like I shouldn't have, shouldn't have been able to really do okay without her because it was like she was all over me all the time and she loves me but i think it's just i have so much energy that i was flying around at home but in this contained my mom's world yeah yeah, yeah. as soon as i got out of it i was like oh authorities i don't respect any authority and let's go and and make this like a mess Let's get some attention let's get some attention god damn man and i gotta remember some of your early bits that you're talking about like your shit reminds me exactly of Sebastian. Like you would actually, did you ever take silverware to school for lunch? Yeah, oh yeah. That, is that that's a, is that an Italian thing or is it just your family thing? Um, it's like a pride thing. So my so my family was my grandfather and my nana yeah. were really well. My grandfather was really rich. Yeah, he was like the number one salesman for Prudential. I don't even know who they are. And back in the day, well, I think they're still around, but it's like an investment in life insurance business. Okay, so. And, uh, you know, not such a great story, but they got... Did he pass away? He, no, he abandoned them. He kicked my grandmother out in the middle of the night with, like, four kids pregnant with the fifth. So they went from being very wealthy to very poor. And we, I kind of grew up off of that story. Uh, Wait, this happened in Italy or this is Canada? This is in Canada. He Jesus. Had, he had, like, a restaurant and he had, like, a driving school. And this was just off the fucking papers, uh, divorce situation. Like, how does no, this? like he had just had another family. Like he had two families. <laughs> this is that, which is common as fuck. Europeans, in these old, not even European. Yeah. I know my buddy's, uh, his dad worked in China a lot, had another family. In my buddy, my, uh, buddy Lebanese, his dad worked in, uh, like the Middle East a lot. They're all in Canada had another family. Yeah. Like, it's so common for you to be like, you're not going to come here with me and or like, you're not going to be here with me while I'm making money for you guys. Well, just know I have needs yeah. and I'm going to start another family out here. Do you ever, have you ever seen the show Billions? No, but I know that rat guy. Okay, so in the show Billions, there's this guy 
forget his character's name because I haven't seen it in the show in a while, but it gets exposed that he has two families and the whole show is a balance between these like firm, the investment firms and the government. And um, the one character has two families. So he's trying to like leverage that against him. Right. So the guy just tells his other family, he's like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to tell the family that I have another family and just fund them both. Well, in real life, the guy actually picks at some point. <laughs> And that's kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it always goes. It down always like goes that, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of what happened. And then that's kind of why my mom, I think, was so, oh my god, on top of me because. So you guys, you guys were not the family chosen. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I have the details clear. In, in a box, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. exactly what okay, it was. Okay. Yeah. So they went, but the thing is, they went from like being really wealthy, yeah. to having no money at all, like literally no money at all. So then the silverware thing ties into that. Yeah, I think it's like a point of pride that you have things. And uh, actually, what's funny, I was, I was coming on this podcast, I was thinking about that, like, you know, like, what makes somebody an immigrant? And I was, because I think I was listening to your podcast and thinking about that. It's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm raised by immigrants. Like, those people came from another place. And they're, they're, it's hard. It was hard as fuck for them. And I remember, you know, like, my grandfather, obviously, I didn't know him very well, because he, and then later on, he passed away. But... My dad's dad, who my father who raised me, his father, you know, same thing, like building houses and, and just not having a, a like a good shake at it and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's 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 interesting to realize your story, especially through comedy, because we're trying to figure out how to be funny. And the more personal you make stuff, even if it's like kind of a weird story, the more personal you make it. And I'm realizing that, oh, shit, that, those parts of, of my who I am are endearing if I know how to use it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something nice about getting, like, rejection is inevitable in comedy. Oh, yeah. There's something easy about re getting rejected when you tell people your truth from your family point of view. If you tell them a funny idea you have and they reject you, you're like, fuck, I'm not funny. Whereas if you tell them how you a story about how you grew up and they don't like it, you're like, fuck you. That's how I grew that's up. That's how I grew up. Yeah, like, I don't, like, fuck this crowd, like, type shit. Yeah. But if it's, like, something you engineered, like, oh, that's a great angle of a funny observation. And then when it gets dismissed, it hits harder. Just because it's loose. It's not actually tied to you in any sort of way. That's why you got to pull from the personal shit. I know. Because then at least you're standing on your own too, so to speak. Like you're speaking from your truth and you're almost more like invincible that way. That's why it's funny to think of us uh, in the beginning. Like we're still in the beginning of it in a lot of ways. But to think of us uh, at Whalers and, and trying to run around at Yuck Yucks and just some of the stuff and the way we would present it. Um, now looking back at it, not that I'm like way, way better, but having experience in the game, even just from acting, like I get why you need time in, you know, it's like, I need to be able to objectively be like, Oh yeah, what I was doing before wasn't good. Not like I'm killing it now, but I get why it wasn't good. Like I've talked to enough people that are doing good shit, good shit. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I wasn't setting it up right. The worst part about that realization is you know that what you're doing right now in a couple of years, you're going to just fucking like, yeah. it's going to make, it's going to put a run of chill down your spine. You're like, Ugh. it's going to make you like just cringe. You know what I mean? Like it, it happens. It's cyclical. You're never happy. Like perform two days ago. I'm just like, fuck, why did I say that line? Like even when you're confident that you're at a point where you're like, and this is actually a good question too. When you tell people how long you've been in it, do you include COVID years? <laughs> how oh, long you've been man. doing stand-up? I'm like, that's a good question. It's like you're reading my mind. I was thinking about that today too. I was like, do we include this? I, I'm fucking including it. I mean, why not? We're I mean, I think about it as when I started to identify and be identified as a comedian. 
which is like, yeah, around, I'm, I was still a comic to people in COVID. Um, and I think that's kind of what this whole thing is about. Like, yeah, we would, I would love to make money and be able to sustain my life fully with just comedy, but I'm still a comedian, you know, like there's other people that don't ever go on stage and tell jokes and get laughs. So we're comics no matter what. A hundred percent. And the irony of it for, in my case is that more people know me in a comedy space yes. during COVID yeah. than they ever did ac accumulated through me being at mics and shows and 100%. whatever. Cause I actually reached out my tentacles online wise. So of course I'm going to count those years and fuck it. If you got something against that, you could suck my nerd. You know what I like? Uh, I really think is good because all the personas in comedy are gone. Like, for example, the hierarchy had was like persona based. If you thought somebody was, you know, oh my God, they performed on Sirius XM and they came in the top five, you just put them in a certain category. Yeah, 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 you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. That's kind of gone now because a lot more people are more open to talk to everybody because you hadn't talked to anybody in a while. It's pretty much like an ice age happened. Sort of. And now it's gone and the sun is showing again. Yeah. And ever, whoever survived is kind of coming out surfacing from the deep forest and underground and shit and it resets all hierarchies and i think that for people like you and i specifically that were in that like okay we're, we're low tier let's be honest but <laughs> we were just starting to get you know hey can you come and do this and just starting to get into that whereas like i was really stressed about that kind of stuff because you're always worried about like oh you gotta other things on your mind and COVID stopped it and it was like Oh, I was doing it because I just wanted to make people laugh. And then there was this whole community around it. Oh, politics to the max. The politics have to. reset completely. Gone. gone. And they will rebuild. Yes. And a new form of politics. But like they've totally reset. What did I tell you the first show we came back at that park show? I forget. <laughs> I'm like, bro, we leveled up. Yeah, we did. <laughs> just by being around and doing some sort of being creative in this pandemic and lockdown time, in the absence of a stage, we have leveled up. Well, also people are like, uh, if you think of the original people, like there's a kinship to things. So when you go back to comedy and it's like the first few shows back and it's the same 10, 15 people, if that person's a higher level than you, there's a kinship that he has or she has with the person that's like, you were here, you wanted this in a way that you understood in the beginning. Because everybody's got different feelings than like every episode. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. And, and that's what drives it. And that's kind of what's funny about, that's really what matters is can you just, you know, implore an empathy so that people give you a shot because you've been practicing this thing called acting or comedy and you just want to try it in a cool spot and see if you're you can do it for like for people who don't know stand-up these shows starting back up right now feel exactly like you know september when you come back to grade 10 or 11 and you just walk in and you know you're gonna see all and you may see the grade nines who are now grade tens like you kind of know some faces and you're expecting to see your friends this is exactly how it felt everyone was talking about what they did in summer yeah. you know some people got held back <laughs> you know what i mean like there's all this shit like all these details that you're just trying to iron out like where is everyone seeing old faces it's fucking great man it's like a straight up reunion and the uh audience is like well, desperate for comedy they, desperate for com like it's either laugh. but i don't know like because for example i watched you and obviously i you we know you, we we're talking about before like we're nervous to go because we haven't done it in a while but you're not the bits are right the timing's good they're there to have fun like they want to do it. it it's yes they really want it but 
at the same time, it's not as it's not as like uh, stressful and transactional as I feel like it used to be. Where I was like, oh, I, like you know, this is this is gonna help me do something. It's more just like I have these jokes. I've been practicing performing for X amount of time. Uh, let's see how it is. And you know what else has changed big time? I've I am now am I've taken my mindset, and I think a lot of comedians have done this as well, just because. I can't exit COVID in this pandemic having learned nothing. Yeah. And I used to prioritize 100%. comedy. I was fucking obsessed. Comedy's the number one priority in every scenario. If you are not doing that show, don't look at me, bro. You clearly don't want it enough and you're not going to run with my team because my team, we want comedy over everything. Yeah. But now, Friday, I'm booked on a show. It's due to rain 90%. That means 90% of areas are going to rain. That's I our guess, show, right? On, no, 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 no. Uh, no, that's next Friday. I'm talking <laughs> about yesterday. Oh, okay. I was on a booked on a park show in Cedarville Park. They said it's Thursday. It's going to rain tomorrow. We're moving the show to Saturday. Are you available Saturday? Saturday, today, I'm going to my buddy's uh, barbecue out in Cambridge, right? So my old self would have been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 100%. I'll make it Saturday. And I'll, and I'll twist everything so... I don't like have a drink and like I'm ready to like to dip at any point. But now I'm like, no, I'm a write off Saturday. I don't want to be at a barbecue and being like, I have a thing in like a couple hours. Like I'm going to go and enjoy myself. And before the idea of me saying no to that spot would in my Hell head, yeah. would in my head somehow conflate with you've quit comedy. Yeah. You don't want it enough. You, you're going to, people are going to pass you. There's this, all this like, straight up like anxiety anxiety yeah. of just wanting it enough that's now i'm like no man what the fuck i'm sunday i'm gonna do a spot monday i'm gonna like we and we're booking stuff like i'm done with that thing of being like if i don't get up to if i don't say yes to every single thing i'll never make it yeah fuck that i'm done with that shit and, and uh what's funny about that is i was just in an acting class and we were you know how actors are you're going ham with the acting i love oh, yeah, it yeah. you're a good actor too trying to be Oh, yeah. Um, you're killing it. Thank you. I mean, you're actually a dick, and now people think you're okay. Like, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> He's acting. <laughs> but, I learned know, this yesterday. You know how people trying to be good at something can be, right? Where yeah. you're like, I. anytime you watch yourself do it, you're like, wow, that was so bad. Like, even if it was okay. So everyone kind of at the end of the class was like, how do you get better at this? And with hat in hand, everyone was like, you know, uh, hat in hand, just very like, uh, like, please say, I want please, some more. Please tell me, like, are yeah. we going to make it? Are we yeah. going to be good? Because you want that crystal wall experience where an actor is like, you're great. Yeah. We, yeah, we yeah. can't wait for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, all she was saying was, hey, you want to be good at this? Have a cool life. You know, I love it. Have a life that, you know, is relatable. Like, oh, maybe you ride horses for a summer or maybe you do something random and because not for a role, just to be able to draw <laughs> yeah. from experience. It's just someone's like, oh, for a role. Oh, yeah. like, no, no, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't go into archery. Oh, oh for a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. For I can you. arch. I, I can shoot darts. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But what, the same thing, what you're saying about comedy is like, live. That's, that's why you I must think live. people are laughing more at this garden because everybody for the first time has had the same experience, flat. We were all locked down. So more people are relating to that. And that's why people are laughing so much is because we're all talking about the same thing through our lens. Like you had a different lockdown than I did, but we still had a lockdown. Yes. There was an overlapping like period, an yeah. overlapping experience that everyone understands and it needs to be addressed. That's the thing that now here's the new question. How long? Because now every time someone gets on stage, 
pretty much everybody has to have COVID material. We have to have pandemic material. I have to tell you about my pandemic, what I learned. You, you, you could you could totally avoid the pandemic, but it's like it's like a fart being in the room that you're not addressing, right? Did you watch Bo Burnham Inside? I watched like half of it. Incredible. So he doesn't say the words COVID or pandemic one time, right? If you not have, that I picked up on. Yeah. So something that's actually taught me a lot is like you can infer that you've had a pandemic experience without actually saying the words pandemic, which actually makes it more, you know, broad for people. Like you being in a state where you had a realization because it was the pandemic, you don't have to say, you know, in lockdown, I realized it's like, you know, I'm realizing more about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it goes, it's hand in, in hand, hand, same in thing. Hand. I get that. But at the same time, I feel like there is a, now that standup is starting and, and Canada's way, I feel like in the States, you could already be back to normal. Like you've had, there's already been that three month buffer of being like COVID, COVID, COVID. And then the audiences don't really need you to address this weird thing that happened because it's been addressed for a couple of months. Whereas Canada, we just allowed gatherings like a fucking eight days ago, right? So everyone needs it to be addressed. And I'm like, I'm wondering how many months is it going to take before I can just get up and just, just talk about just like do a literally pre-COVID act and it and it's just as fresh. Because right now, I can't go into pre-COVID stuff without a, at least being like, ugh, um, uh, pandemic. Or well, not, you don't have to say pandemic, but oh, these times, crazy times. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I think a part of it is that we all have to surrender that there's no really going back. Like... There's, this is always going to be a launching period for something for like the next few years. So it'll be a long time before you feel like that, where you're like, oh yeah, like I'm not talking about it like, like that anymore. But like, because it's going to be tied to the, <laughs> COVID seems to be that like thing as it, uh, not fake is the wrong word, but as if this is a comic book. Like as soon as we get through that first villain, the next villain is everything we couldn't really deal with in the first villain. Mm, okay. <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah. the writing is like so. If the joke, we'll leave it. We'll save it yeah. for that one. The yeah. Next one. Like oh, so this one is like, you know, it 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 lasts longer in the sun. And you're like, what? Like how is it <laughs> yeah. the opposite of the last time? And that's what's weird is there's this balance of what our reality is. It's like a push pull. Like you can't go here, so people just go there, kind of thing. And that is gonna be the way it's gonna be. Like not necessarily telling your jokes in the context of. Uh, a pandemicless reality. Damn, that was some hot. You do you answer that like head on? I love that. I've been Pandem- interviewing. When you end it with pandemicless reality, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> well, I've been interviewing I just want, for these I just, jobs. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they when you, you ask, are in interview mode right now. Well, yeah, first we, of all, you're first of all. Let me just say your yeah. posture is great. I'm trying my right? shoulder. I'm a yeah, my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, your posture is great. So right away, I want to hire you. This guy's got good posture. You know. I, love I read a great book where it was like. Uh, this was like a managerial book. Uh, it's called. It's by um, a billionaire who is the owner of Bridgewater, or I forget. It's just some private equity firm or some shit. It's called uh, Principles. Okay. Uh, Principles for by Ray li- Dilo. Ray Dilo. Yeah. yeah. The one point he made in there, which I think not Nazim Talib said, which is like some statistician, fucking high level writer. He goes, if you have two candidates who are equally uh, gifted, choose the one who is less charismatic. 
because he got there without charisma. I'm like, oh shit, That's, we're fucked. We're fucked. Dude. <laughs> we're fucked. But you know what? I you gotta say, tone the charisma down and still try to like. I would say that most of the time they actually go with the charisma because intuitively you want to go with charisma. Yeah. People aren't that robotic that are like, I like this one a lot more. They both seem to be like because the reality is the client or whoever you deal with is more times than not gonna also gravitate toward the charisma, right? Yeah. That's just the reality of it. But who knows, maybe just on like an email level, the one who's less charismatic who got there without that is actually better off. But I would challenge that in saying that You gotta tone it down though. But charisma <laughs> Tone it down, dog. Charisma is a skill set. Like when we're talking it's about developed. when we're talking about the shows, right? And uh, I actually I was actually talking to my girlfriend about this. I say a boss has more of the tentative Damn, approach. Damn, you talking about me? Oh, shit. Of course. This niggas, yeah, yo. <laughs> okay, sorry. Keep going. The, keep going. I'm you so have, sorry about that. You have a more tentative approach, right? You want to be like, okay, let's get this first thing in the bag, and we'll do it like this. And I want to do all of it. All once. of it at yeah. once. And there's a part of it where that those are very good for each other. So being charismatic is like an element that, does drive you forward so where i challenge is like you pick the guy with less charisma is like skill is only so much and i think the reason people gravitate towards charisma is because there's a set of decision making that happens when you're like under the gun and that's what charisma is exactly it's how that, you handle your clutchability yeah yeah so essentially what this book is saying, and i love ray dial is so smart but it's like he's obviously on the side of less charisma because to not at least appreciate the balance. It's still a practice skill. But keep in mind, he is creating, he wants to create a regimented process yes. to be applied for all the hiring of like a big corporation. Yeah, you can't right? find the A type. So like, everywhere. yeah, exactly. Like on a case by case basis, I'm telling you probably 90% of the time people gravitate toward charisma, even in the scenario where the non-charismatic uh, charismatic person is substantially more skilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But if you want to iron out and create a process that is a like can be applied on mass, then it has to be the ideal. And 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 the, and, and the logic behind that makes sense. They're both the same, but this one, let's say that has seventy percent of the skill, that extra thirty percent is charisma. Then you want to go with this person, but then you can't teach this person charisma, whereas you can teach this person that gap in skill set, right? Yeah. How are you gonna teach this person charisma? You met non-charismatic people. What? fucking course are you going to put them into yeah you really have like uh, actually a good example of my brother is an engineer it's is not, your brother an engineer i have a brother who's an engineer civil engineer, and it's not that he's not charismatic it's just that's not the f the strongest foot forward so when he you know he started his own business and we were talking about how you engage people to like sell to them and whatever and it's so interesting how his first thing is like the technical offering but where i'm like you just got to get to talk to somebody. You're, you're having a conversation with somebody and then eventually you're going to solve a problem for them. Oh, absolutely. And that's where charisma, that's the difference. One of my best friends, Jawad, is a, a uh, shout out to my boy. If you live in London and you want to get a Range Rover, London <laughs> Rain, Range Rover and Jaguar. London Range Rover. Sales manager that, that this guy earned the hell out of it. But this guy's taught me a lot in the field of sales where it's like, it's, I, I agree with you the same. People, when it comes to sales, people want to be sold a lifestyle, a dream before the thing itself. Yeah. You know, he sells them literally like a dream of the thing rather than like, because to be honest and like any car lover knows <laughs> when it comes to fucking like um, 
when it comes to reliability, Range Rover's low on the list, bro. They are not high. They do not compare with Mercedes, BMW, Audi, right? But why are they so plentiful on the road? Because there's a status symbol thing connected with Range Rover. Think of a hip-hop in the range truck. No one ever is like, I'm in the Q8 pulling these bitches. You know, you're in the range truck. There's something related to status with that. So it's like you're not selling the people on like the technical attributes of it because it loses in a lot of these fields. You're selling them the lifestyle that they want. Like they're, they're coming in with the idea of what they will be down the road with this Range Rover and you sell them a reflection of that. I used to think it was like, I'll give you the best price. This is the best car and that's how you get the sale. It's like, no, I'm going to hear you. I'm gonna respond in a way that makes you feel heard. So right away you feel comfortable with me as a salesperson. You don't feel like you're getting gypped. You don't feel like you're being cheated. So right away they go, okay, all right. So I like this person. I don't wanna let this, they, a part of you goes, I don't wanna let this salesperson down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to an extent, yeah. To a, a tiny part, 100%. a tiny part. No, I like Sometimes you. even a lot. Like so, I remember when my girlfriend was buying a car, she did have that where she was like, oh, I, I had this agreement with this person. It's like, it's your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't owe this guy nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and women are more susceptible yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. They my appreciate the experience more. My girlfriend wanted to go buy a bike. We ended up at some old Asian guy's garage who lived in a suburb. He's like, oh, I just I just moved here. It's like, fuck you. You didn't just move here. Look at this house, bro. You've been here at least a decade. <laughs> He's got 30 super cycles in his fucking oh, garage. Found, found those. Right? He's just fixing them. He goes, uh, right away, as soon as my girlfriend goes, and I'm waiting in the car, she tells me after. He goes, uh, oh, my daughter is handicapped. She's in the basement. I'm saving money for her. Right away, red flag. For me, yeah. that's a red flag right away. For her, she's like, oh, no, I have to kind of buy something now, right? Yeah. The she bike she wants her. to get doesn't work. It's not big enough for her. So what So what does the guy do? Goes, oh, okay, um, try this one. And then she goes, she kind of rides it. It's okay. And she comes up to me and she's like, it's kind of good. I, I, I'm like, we don't have to leave here with a bike. Yeah. What are you doing? He sold her on supporting this quote unquote handicapped daughter. So she, in her mind, she has to support him somehow. I'm like, you came for the bike. It's not good. Let's get the fuck out of here. And... The way those dudes maneuver, there's something that they sense, like that they pick up on when you're not like gonna leave. That mother or thing. They're, they're just like the best way to describe is if you're in like Mexico or Cuba or Jamaica and you're walking through those places where there's like, hey, I have bags, I have oh, bags. We have two seconds to and get your attention. As soon as they got your attention, they know how to keep it. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're yeah. like, oh, what about this? What, what about this? this? There's a lot of movement. It's dynamic. Yes. And, and immigrants at Mar the highest level I've ever seen was fucking. I went to Khan Khalili, which is like uh, a market in Cairo, Egypt. Bro, this guy was fucking. This market guy was English, Arabic, German. Like the languages these market people know in capital cities of like worldwide tourist locations. These are the most like linguistically advanced people, bro. Because they don't just know like the written. They know the speaking language. Because they're selling all day. They're selling, bro. They just kept switching. I'm like, oh my God. And here's the thing. This is why they get people like this. It's because, you know, when somebody's trying to, they start working at Range Rover and they were starting working there and they, they say, oh, I'm not doing so well. They're like, okay, well, let me shadow you. And then they'll probably find that that person's like, the Range Rovers are the best, you know, and this and that. Well, a lot of people, don't think they deserve the best thing. So that's really to be considered. Like when you start to market it's yourself. It's a self-image thing. Yeah, it's like- You gotta line yourself best. up with where you think you're at. Yeah, yeah. Where, Apple's a great example. 
Apple's the best in a lot of ways, engineering and all the things that they do and the way they're a company. And there's a lot of things that make them the best. Design, we'll put design, design and the Engineering, debatable, the but effort yes. that it goes into, like the box even, yeah. and just everything. It's like the whole experience is really, really awesome. They never say that. They let you experience feel it. that yeah. and experience it. So you want it again and again. Whereas Microsoft delivers this like, this is really functional. These are all the reasons why this is great. Yeah, this yeah. is really functional. This is great. You're going to love it. It does whatever you need. And people are just like eh. unimpressed by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh. Because you and it are the same. Yeah. And I have to feel the same thing that the Apple gives me. So when people say, oh, Apple's like the status play, it's more than that. It's like it's able to capture the personality of the experience. A hundred percent. And going towards the engineering stuff, having worked with a lot of Apple engineers back in the Silicon Valley days and a lot of Apple, ex the company I worked at was led by Apple executives. So I understood the power of Apple. Apple has such high volume. They are fucking Nazis when it comes to their supply base. Their supply chain, dude, they fucking beat them. If you want our business, you will do exactly as I say. If you want a 50 million unit volume a year from us, which is like a lot of places will just survive on Apple business. You know, yeah. like I'm talking about suppliers. Yeah. You will give us exactly what we want as far as quality checks. You will give us exactly what we want as far as dimensionals. That's why that, that that's how you get that suction feel. Like I put it, isn't it funny? It's so, it's so like counterintuitive. I put a box in front of you that has a all white box with a little silver Apple logo and it says iPhone 8. And I put another box here, the comparable, uh, we'll say, what's Google's phone again? The Pixel. The Pixel. Pixel 6. The Pixel 6. Now the box, all the specs. It has both three angles of the- Colorful. Every colorful, it has everything you want to know. Why is it we gravitate towards the all white one that says nothing really? Because it's a mystery. You know what I mean? And then when you pull this, it opens right up. When you pull this, there's a fucking suction. There's a resistance as you slide up. And you're like, damn, the fact that there's Drawing pressure means that nothing happened. There's an implied quality. Like, oh, this never, never got opened in, in, in logistics. Nothing moved in here. Look at how solid it is. This is a solid thing. Yeah. And when you open it up, it's th that's what you're saying. The experience not only like lines up with people's personalities, but it actually has an implied quality to just the feeling of it. Yeah. They go crazy with surface blemishes. Like their level of like assessing design for what they call customer facing portions. So packaging. The packaging team is a whole fucking team, bro. They go, Apple goes crazy with these people. That's that why these people are so crazy about the car because they know that they're probably spending- What, Apple car? An Apple car. They know that they're going to spend a lot of time on why a person buys a car at a certain price point. You're right. They're going to have a whole new approach to cars. To cars. They're going to have the i the iPod wheel. You know what I mean? Involved they're going to wheel the car yeah. somehow. They'll probably have a big wheel or some shit. Did you see that? I sent you the new F-150 electric F-150. Yeah, I watched that video. That Pretty thing bad. is uh, like just where cars are going is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I've been saying this Power for years. It's house. inevitable. It's a new, It's the better species. It's just inevitable. Yeah. It's just you need the infrastructure to catch up in like Canada, you know, in the States on the West Coast, you're pretty good with a Tesla or electric car. You need it just like, gets cold here. Yeah, yeah. And the, uh, the mileage drops like 30%. My buddy's got a Tesla and he says that in the winter it does drop quite a bit. But these are like... You got to test mean, it. Yeah, exactly. You go... Like, think about it. Chart, it just... 
when you think about the fact that we're so used to going to a station, and by the way, I'm gas all the way just because of like, why do you listen to vinyl over an MP3 player? You know what I mean? I don't. Yeah, you don't spit, but why do people do that? I mean, you may not appreciate the I difference I do appreciate it, it, I just don't but have But that static you hear in the medium between notes and songs, is just like, oh, it feels like warmth. It is That's cool. the car, the rumble, the the, the life of a, an internal combustion motor has a life. It's like um, we've gotten it to the point, we've evolved it to a fucking organism, right? And then we have, now we have the electric motors. It's kind of like uh, neutered. It's like neutered, even though it's better in every way. Again, it's better in every way, almost on a technical, but it's like a neutered experience. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know if it but, is. But, but it's better. It's better in every way. That's the reality. It's better in every way. And it, it, and we're so quick to forget that we literally pull up with our cars to gas stations and fill up a tank with a liquid we burn. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. We're filling up a tank with 50 liters of this thing. Burnable. Of gasoline. Yeah. And then the car fucking pistons go up. It sprays a little bit. And it explodes. It. Like, But it's so efficient we don't realize it. But that's, of course, electricity is going to win this. Of course, yes. electricity is going to win this. You know what I mean? But- I can tell that Ferrari and a lot of these supercars, there's still going to be a small market share of people that will still be creating internal, probably like hybrid, but like these type of cars because there's going to be like uh, enthusiasts who are going to be wanting gas for a long time. And I don't think we're just going to be sticking around with what we have right now. Like your Camry is going to be the only gas thing in 20 years. Yeah. It's like it's appreciating like crazy. Well, I think I think that people just – whatever you got first – is so valuable. So like your experience with the car being gas first and that whole bunch of your life where think of somebody who's like in their forties right now, they're going to think about getting an electric truck. You're either somebody who cares about tech and you're really into it. You're like, wow, I want the huge screen. I want to be able to do stuff. Or you're like, no, this is a truck. I work in it. Like it's whatever, you know, I want it to be, I want to have some grit to it. Electric feels lighter. It feels like more polished which have is... you driven an electric uh, have you driven a tesla or an electric car no when you drive it bro it's amazing it's not that it's amazing it's just clearly the evolved species <laughs> there's no comparison well, of course there's no comparison you know what it is the only reason for me i'm like fuck that is because let's say i want to go to montreal okay now i have to find like the sp the specific spots that i can charge what's the time to charge like 30 minutes to get this all these like little weird things with charging speed these are the only things holding me back and the fact that i'm not in the market for a new car to yeah. begin with right it's a we've built gasoline to the point it's fucking every two minutes away you fill your whole tank up in four minutes once we reach that level with gas it's there's an, it's a no with electric sorry no brainer there's no conversation torque immediately speed like off of one or two motors it'll beat fucking like ferraris in like zero to 60 and a lot of these specs right but like i said there's just this i mean rogan loves all this shit like he's, well, he's talking about manual he's like, like fucking naturally aspirated he's 50 right he's an yeah. older guy like that makes sense why there's so, way we, like but it's I, visceral it's like this thing is alive but think like, about this like, for a oh, second shit i've never owned a car yeah. you have okay Many. i might the first car that I ever buy for myself might be an electric car just based on the timing. So like my experience with it is so different from like my dad. My dad would. He just wouldn't trust it. The older generation. Yeah, it's just not where you think it's going to go. Because back in the day, if you had a lot of electronics in your, your car, your vehicle, that was the first thing that went. You're like power windows and you had to take the thing off. And, and if you, know, you have a Volkswagen now, it's still the case. It's still the case. <laughs> you know I mean? You're like, oh shit, these electronics aren't the best. 
You're like, you mean the whole car is going to rely on that? Yeah, I don't know about that. So it's that's where the mentality comes from. But then you look at a Tesla, you're like, holy shit, this is a thing from the future. I mean, but think about it. Like, think about fucking electric train. Think about. Uh, I was just looking think about the, a fucking looking into MRI. Think about how many things we trust inherently that have nothing to that are exclu- like purely electrical mechanisms that we have full trust with. But when you put four wheels on it, suddenly, oh, give me the gas. Give me that gas, baby. And like I said, again, I'm not like, I'm just saying it's the better, it's the evolved species. There's no comparison. I drove the fucking Model S, dude. And I'm not like, Tesla, get a Tesla. I'm just talking about electrical drivetrains. I drove a Model S by like regular cars. It felt like they were in a horse and buggy, bro. Felt like they were in a horse and buggy. That's crazy. You know? No lag and torque. It's all available right away. It's well, like that's no funny. transmission uh, gear changes. You're like, damn. Like We built a lot of systems around that little gas o- uh, combustion organism to make it as seamless and uh, utilitarian as possible. But when, when you introduce the electrical drivetrain, it just whew, makes so much more sense. But that's what I'm saying. That's what's funny about trains and shit is because people pay to have a mentality forward, like gas and stuff and uh, – like the way people think about cars because it's just about where the money comes from. So there's a lot of money in people having been driving these cars for so long because now you're talking about trains. Like there's no infrastructure for trains in like North America where you look at China and Europe and stuff. They have the way these, more advanced. Yeah. They have way more advanced trains. Why? It's because there's not huge conglomerate companies trying to run the market, you know, and have everybody in a car. That literally happened. Like GM, they tra- they bought all these trains and they they derailed them to pave the road so people yeah, buy the yeah, cars. To so it's like cars. it's just not, you know, the jump. Could, we could have already been there with these electric cars. It's not like the technology is just now getting. No, no, no. There. Electric cars. See, uh, again, I've said this before, but uh, they when they made electric cars, like in the nineties, Toyota, fucking Honda, they've been making this shit for like Forever. twenty or like two, three, four decades. Yeah. They just always had some weird styling with it. You know, we weren't ready with it. Even the infrastructure is not even. Yeah, there's always the back wheel was always half covered, like the CRV or sorry, not the CRV, the CRX or whatever the fuck it is. They always were like, immediately you're like, oh, that looks weird. I bet you that's electric. Yeah, that's what it used to be. And then Tesla came and was like, oh, we're gonna style it relative to what is a nice sedan by current modern day practices, and then make it look a little different. So it's obviously its own thing. But they didn't fucking cover the back wheel and do some crazy shit like future, like 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 the fucking BMW i8. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, like they didn't do that. And that's what I think that was part of their huge success. Like, I don't see BMW i3s all over the road. And that i8 is, uh, that i8, I think they let let it go now. It's a write-off, bro. I I sat in the i8. It's the fucking weirdest, most awkward way to get into a car I've ever seen. Yeah, so low, I bet. It's not even that it's low. It's not even that it's low. A buddy of mine has a Lamborghini. Way easier to get in. The I-8, when you open the door, there's like between where you're standing and getting into the seat, there's like literally one foot of like plastic trim that you don't know how to traverse. You're like, it was a brand new I-8. I'm like, I don't want to touch the outside. It just got waxed. There's no handle. I don't understand. Like, I'm literally like, I had to do this step thing, the step where you're like doing equations in your head. Like, you slide and into Yeah, it. you put one leg in, you lean it. Maybe Dude, jump it was a little so, bit. I'm um, like, you cannot look cool coming in or out of this car. So like, who's getting this car? Someone who just wants the coolest design and no other reason. And like, how many do they sell? 
realistically. I don't think a lot, dude. You see it in a... I saw it in... Uh, the only way they make money off the mo- the cars, I think, is when you put it in movies. Like, it was in one of those Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movies. Oh, yeah? Like, right away, yeah. And, and you know what? It. BMW doesn't necessarily want to make those cars profitable. They do it for market share. For market they share. do it to kind of, like, pave the road forward with some really... Because fut- that's, that's the old... Like, the way they do the i8 is how the 90s version of an electric car would be. Like, look at our future. Look at it. You can just tell yeah. it's the future. And that, that never does well. And that BMW is doing future shit at yeah. BMW. They almost did that. So when they... When they uh, announce their electric line, which kind of has a bit of futuristic stuff. It doesn't look that crazy because the i8 had all the crazy shit. Yeah. Now, like, they're like, look at all this crazy shit. It's on the road. Now, everything we release is like pretty, pretty like mid tier relative to this fucking crazy design, I think. Speaking of cars, when I was selling windows and doors, I ran into this old dude who's in the army. He has like an AMG. Mercedes in his uh, in his garage. It was really nice, and uh, we're just nice. talking about it or whatever. And he's telling me about European cars, and that over in Europe, like American muscle cars are like sought after over there because you can't really get them. They're like low volume. Yeah, the low volume. They're yeah. very rare, so people love them a lot, right? Just how the skyline is big here, here. from Japan. Yeah, and he's just like, but. BMW over there is like shit. He's like, Mercedes is the best. He's like, if you want to show off and you try to think you have money, you buy a Jaguar. And he was telling me just literally how they all identify over there through their cars. It was interesting to think about um, Mercedes as like the most reliable of all the European models because I'm, I was just like, I don't think that's necessarily how people look at it here. Yeah. I actually... We see- probably group them. Like Mercedes and BMW, I think people think those are in the same tier. Here they say Mercedes, BMW, Audi. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Those are all the same like level, I think, people think. But in Europe, I don't think it's like that. It's a, it is. It's a, it, it's a different organism over there, and it's a different market. And I don't – like I've been over there a bunch of times, but I don't really exactly know what the hierarchy is. All I know is you see a lot of variants you do not get here. Yeah. And a lot that I'm like, damn, we, I would love – we should get those here. But I guess they've assessed that the market wouldn't has no it's appetite for it for here. It, yeah. Like the Audi Q1, you see the Audi Q3, Q5. There's like a little one you see all the way all the time over there. The Audi A1, dude, it's fucking little like they tried little it compact here, thing. I'm like, damn, that's or sorry, not A1, Q1. They tried it here though. Did this, they try the Q1? Yeah, no, no, they just tried like the subcompact thing, and it was hot for a little bit. Where there was a surge in uh, like students buying these cars that were like about. 18 grand, you can get them like pretty decked out. Obviously, an Audi would be a little bit more. Yeah, but it'd be like the key. It just doesn't translate. Now, that's why you see so many people buy SUVs. Oh, yeah. Oh, because people are like, vans are gone. Family. Vans yeah, are gone. I'll get an SUV. Yeah, vans, yeah, vans, are, vans gone. are dead. Everyone just wants a big SUV now. It's, it's pure SUV. Time. And because of COVID, van the van market is probably dead because there's not like a single parent driving like a dance team to the thing. So you don't need like a Toyota, True. a caravan. You know, you don't need a Honda van. You're like, no, I'm just bringing my kid because like an all hands on deck scenario. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's actually it's probably bad for the I don't know because I know that like a lot of car sales went up big time. Well, used cars, inflation on used cars. Your used car right now is yeah. worth ten percent more than it was last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my my buddy, they got a, a used car lot next to him, and he's like, bro, used it's cars, it's a fucking, it's like housing market. It's a free for all with used cars and with luxury models. I don't know exactly what's happening with, um, with more like low and mid tier. You know the. Kias, Hyundai's, Hondas, etc. But with luxury vehicles, as in the case with the range, sales are higher than ever. 
yeah. during COVID. You know, it's like if you've got your hand in some sort of business or some sort of your your upper middle class or upper class, we'll say financially, those people stayed just where they are. If not, they did better. Yeah. Whereas like all the mid tier and like people that are living just above the poverty line, so to speak, kind of got screwed because it's just all government reliance, I would imagine. So you don't see a lot of purchases of Kia Souls, but you see a lot of Range Rovers get bought. Oh, yeah. My dad just, I was telling my dad to get a Defender. Yo, bro, my buddy's got the Defender right now. What do you, what do you, do? the fucking Defender, man? I love that me? car. The Defender, bro. It's smaller than it looks. It if is you see it, it from the back, you're like, that's a pretty thin, narrow car. I love, I love the style of it. I think it looks awesome. My boy's right now, he's driving a Defender. You're in it? You ever sit in it? Oh, yeah. I drove it's nice, it, man. Huh? Yeah. It's a... Uh, it's interesting. Now you got me worried. I'm gonna tell my dad. I'm like, you know, my buddy, you know, his cars. It's like a novelty. Like, he's just well, they. It's from the war, right? They built it off uh, originally. Yeah, yeah, those old ones. Oh, like I'm assuming he wants a new Defender. Well, no, my dad. Well, I told him to get it because you can get like a 2020 for like 60 grand. Ah, uh, yeah, like probably like the six cylinder, no and, options. Because my dad comes from the school of like you own a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You buy it. You find, like, yeah. And you buy a cash box. You buy it. Like, that's the way you do it. Like, I don't think I'll ever straight up own a car unless I'm making, like, millions of dollars. If you, at this point where you're at in your life, they wouldn't make sense. If you haven't bought a car this far, thus far, owning one doesn't make any sense. No, I mean, for the novelty of it. If it's like a cool, cool car and you can't get it, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. I'll take that. Do you know what I mean? Are you, but you're not even a car guy, though. No, I just appreciate it. How did you not have a nice car thing. up until you live? You grew up in Sault Ste. Marie. Well, I had a That's car in Sault Ste. I had a car there. Oh, yeah? When I was in high school, yeah, I drove a, like a 1995 Ford Explorer. It was a green Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. You had a Ford Explorer yeah. as your first car? Yeah. Why would you have such a big car? It was. It was Who would you get it? It was my parents, what they drove, and I would just drive it all the time. Yeah? My dad also had like a gold like uh, Nissan... I, I forget what it was. It was like Pathfinder. No, it was a car. Yeah, and it was sick. Like was, a sedan. It was like old as shit. Had a ton of kilometers on it. The odometer was broken. They didn't give me that. Yeah, because my mom was too worried that I would get killed in it. Yeah, so she wanted me in the nicer one, which was it was like leather. It was nice, and I abused it. I didn't respect it too much. I was I was kind of like a. Were you the guy? With early access to the car, so you'd be like everyone would jump in. Like, would you take it to school and like at lunchtime? All like, of my buddies Jordan. actually. All of my buddies had a car pretty sure, early up there on. Sault Ste. Marie, that's yeah. small town, bro. For sure, so a lot sure of people were whipping in cars. Yeah, so like, yeah, we all had. We it was always easy to get around, dude. But when I got to the city, no car. But my girlfriend has a Honda CRV now. Yeah, nobody here has a car. It's crazy. Now that I'm looking, it's actually very convenient. Now that I'm looking for places, it's like nobody includes parking. Parking is like sometimes they look at me like, like, like. Why do you have a car? Like the the way people like we're looking for a two bedroom right now. The way that the look people get when you ask about parking, they're like, "You have a car." Like that's the look. It's like you have a car in the city. Um, yeah, street park, Toronto standard street parking. Like they'll be like, "What the fuck?" You Nobody know what though? Forget those car. people. They're dumb because you know what? A car's not hurt nice. by it. A car's fucking nice, man. What are you? What are you running on a clock here, no, bro? No, my buddy just just text me. But that's that's why I would never get the fucking oh, Apple I Watch. It. I hate that shit. But I don't want to be connected when my phone's not on me. I'm connected to everything. I get like I get stock updates. I, I hate that updates about everything. No, I don't want it. But having a car is so convenient, especially if you got to get like big grocery runs. And when you get a place, you have a little bit more room to store stuff, so you don't have to go out all the time. It's very convenient. And it's just the mobility to leave out of town. God damn right. And the most important thing is, which hasn't really come into play a lot since until these last, what, week or two, is 
out of town gigs. When you fucking back in before COVID, like having a car was like a fucking dude. You're sought after, bro. Whoever has a car gets a spot. If at you the had show, a car, just drive someone. If you had a car and you were funny, yeah, that's oh. like, and you could be somebody people like to hang out with. You're like a king. Yeah, but then you got to be like established. You got not when you're low tier. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the tier system was in play back I then, love right? The I'm tier like, system. you know, I'm like, I have a car and I think I'm all right. Then like, we'll see. So what's going on with the out of the out of town shows? Because I, I remember They're coming back piece by piece. Okay, so what's up with London? I remember you had the thing going on in there in London. I hit up Pat Tiffin. Shout out to Pat Tiffin, who's like the fucking London godfather of he comedy out it. there. Oh, he knows exactly. He knows what the moves, you know, like someone who knows exactly how everyone is moving there, you know, like the operations on every level. How big is the scene? Tiny, yeah. tiny. Oh, tiny, 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 tiny. Like you have to, if you're serious about comedy and you, you live to in Toronto, to if you live in London, you, you're not that serious about comedy. Like that's just the reality of it. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. You know, like there's like, when I was living there, two mics a week, maybe, yeah, <laughs> you know, like impossible to actually get your chops out there. But we'll but see. Tiffin's got the... Uh, He's got the hookup. I hit him up. I'm like, yo, what's going on right now out there? And everyone's kind of establishing stuff right now. And, you know, not to blow up our spot a little bit, but, you know, myself, you, and Max are looking at starting some stuff. Because if uh, we could... I mean, I would go to London every weekend. If there was a show in London... You wouldn't go to London every weekend. It's yeah. a four-hour round trip, bro. Who cares? Why would you go to London every weekend? If there's a show there... Yeah. And it was packed... We're surrounded by pack shows. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah. if that was the case, yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. that was all the option, yeah. I would go every weekend, and I would go, I'll go bi-weekly every month. Like, if we could do whatever the frequency of this show is, whatever the frequency of London is, I would is, match it. Yes, because I think that, like, that's something you need to do a bunch of shows in Toronto and shit. And yes, but it also helps to branch out. Oh, a hundred percent. But branching out means uh hamilton it means kitchener it means do Barry. we know anybody that's doing anything in hamilton i know there's like a group but like, all those boys but the hamilton boys they they're like close-knit yeah you see them like a hockey like, team yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they are fucking when you see their shows it's like there's n not one non-hamilton like comic on that yeah. lineup right there they stay close-knit they keep they're like um they're like a self-sufficient they're like a family business Hamilton comedy scene. See, this is why, and this is why I love Italians because if there had been like a very heavy Italian presence, the Hamilton guys would be greased up enough that favors could. Hey, I got a boss coming. I need a guy. I need him some stage time. You know, he'll be down there. Just talk to him, and then you get him on stage because you helped some other guy out. That's the way. Minus the killing. Yeah, yeah right. You like, know what I mean, <laughs> you know what I love being the um, the only novelty to. Uh, things coming back is I like being the black guy on the show. <laughs> you know, you know, the, the, like there's, I've talked about this like too, where there's like, yeah, yeah. Right. There's like a handful of black guys who are like, we get the work because like people in Toronto, especially they go, well, we can't do a show without a female and a black oh, uh, yeah, and, a, yeah, and yeah. a colored person, so to speak. So it's like you get these fake, it's almost like fake diversity. It's for the sake of a, bu a diversity budget. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, get him. It's like people I never communicate with or never socialize with, but they're asking me because I know they need a black guy. Speak, you know, it's And it's great. I have no complaints. Keep giving me your black roles or black spots and black roles for acting. Well, I was just thinking like, because um, I haven't seen like Anthony Englebright or 
Like, I saw Woodrow, but he didn't go up, uh, I think. He did go up. Did he? Yeah, I saw him post. You know how, like, everybody's posted a picture of that park yeah, show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, me included. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw him with that picture, so I know he's gone up. But, yeah, there's literally a small handful. And we, and it with the politics, it used to be, like, oh, like these tier of things, only, like, this section of the handful get access to these tier of things. And like, and like we've said, all of that has reset. There used yes. to be the high level, the mid tier, and the open mics. It's all reset. What do you miss the most? What venue? Because we lost a lot of venues. The Underground Cafe. Yeah, I think I missed the. But it's between that and Vapor Central. Yeah, no, for me, it's definitely the Underground Cafe. Vapor Central was nice, but Vapor Central was like you're always hoping people are paying attention that day. And Underground, you always have their attention because it's actually a club vibe. And Vapor Central is a lounge vibe. So like you're performing and people are on the laptop like, <laughs> and there's like a conversation in the back and like you can't really interact with the people. But sometimes it's incredible. I was sometimes it's incredible. I was starting to figure myself out in there. Yeah. Yeah. It was starting to become. I was getting requested by the audience. I was starting to get my vibe of how to do my crowd work, which actually now that I think about it, probably wasn't the best because. I think in comedy, you do have to be very mindful of your process uh, with anything, but especially in comedy, because if you start killing it with crowd work and you start to get spots because of that, and then the host is like, do crowd work, eventually you're not going to yeah, be yeah, doing You're cornering yourself, yeah. So it was good to take a break, but... But I've never had a host be like, do crowd work or do your best. Actually, they, they will. Yeah, Back in the day, you used to be like, kill. No kill, new yeah, stuff. Yeah, Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No, new, no stuff. new stuff. No new stuff. It'll be like Cameron or someone. Like we're on a CBS show. <laughs> yeah, no new right. stuff. It's like what? Yeah, you're like, what? There's eight people in the audience. What I'm you, new Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything I do is no new, new stuff. stuff. Yeah. That's something a lot of people don't know where it's like when the host thinks that it's like a high-level show or like, <laughs> oh, these people are high-profile. It's high, they pay, I don't know. Sometimes like two hosts, comics have good credits and then everybody's got the same level because of that. Sometimes the host gets the impression that this is not a game. The show is, this show yeah. is, this is the real deal. Yeah. This is showtime. We're on TV. This is late night. So they'll go around one comic by one and be like, God, no new stuff, all right, yeah. everyone? All right, just A stuff, no new stuff. You're like, and then everyone just, we, we just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just do exactly what we were going to do anyway. Or when they're nervous about the time, they're like, everybody do your time. Do five, just do five. Tight five. Tight five, tight five, tight five. Tight fives. Uh, you like, you didn't like me. It was like, yeah. what did I do? You just walk off. Uh, I'm excited for all this shit to come back. But you know what's been crazy, though, this whole time is you have actually been like jumping corporate job to corporate job this whole time. Well, I've been, I, yeah, I'm trying to get more. Uh, how do you do it, dude? How do I do what? How do you stay in that vibe? How? I be, I was in it for years and you are have this similar kind of like. Well, you did it younger. I did do it younger. Yeah. I so guess like, maybe right now it's like I would be able to find a better balance, you're saying? Um, I think you, the priority of where it lives in your mind would be different. Like, I got asked this a lot in the interviews was like, oh, you know, how is acting and comedy going to affect your work? It's like when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm doing comedy, I'm doing comedy. Like, I don't know. How is your loving your wife affecting, you know, work? It's the same question. You just want to. Do you ever actually say that? No, but it's You're just fucking like. You're fucking your wife. How's it affecting that? I just, <laughs> I just think it's so funny when people it's ask like, This guy's you, got a lot of charisma. Don't, <laughs> HR in the back. Don't hire him. Don't hire him. Don't go with him. He's too charismatic. It's just funny, I think, when somebody asks a certain question that it's like, you're asking me in a way that I know you want a certain answer. Like when, when Sheldrick comes up to you and there's like, a comic. Work is my priority. Yeah. When Sheldrick comes up to you and there's a comic bombing, he's like, is he dying up there? And you're like, Sheldrick, you, you just want me to say yeah, yeah, yeah. he's 
dying up there because you want somebody to laugh a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You want somebody. You want a moment. Yeah. So there's that, but also like I have come from working in bars and squandering like whatever to just make it happen for comedy. Now that comedy can't happen in the same velocity, yeah. I I want to take care of like the back end. So I'm trying to you know have a steady income and support my life like So when you go to these places everyone knows you do stand up? Um or you I don't, keep it on the DL. I don't keep it on the DL but I don't say like all I want to do is be a stand up comedian and actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did it I did it some degree like there was one job where we were talking and uh, I was like, I'm a stand-up comedian actor. And if you want to think about a DJ, I'm trying to turn all these things up at the same time. You know, my my career in this or my whatever. You have good analogies. That's how you keep getting yeah, these positions. Yeah, yeah, charisma. Like, turn it all up at once. I like him. But here's the thing. It's like, why can't I be allowed to, if I have a movie role and they're like, we'll give you X amount of money, be like, well, I'll quit my job. Or if a job's like, hey, you want to be like a great position here, we'll give you a lot of money. Like, who's saying no to that? When did you have to live a life where you're like, oh, I'm not going to try to be as good at this cafe guitar spot I got because X job wants me to be more committed mentally. Like, it's not how it works. I think you're actually more committed when you have something on the line. Like, I want to take acting classes, so I want to hit these bonuses to be able to afford it. So, I mean, I have more stake in the game than gotcha. say somebody's just out of university. Like, yeah, my parents are going to help me pay my debt and whatever. You got to have skin in the game. Yeah. That's what it- so... Like I, I just kind of letting it happen as it happens. And That's I admire that. Yeah, there's better just, jobs. What it takes away from though is, but it's all work from home now though too, right? For now, yeah, there'll be some capacity for going back, I think. But it takes away from, you know, I'm not doing my podcast all the time, and I'm not doing content. But I, for some reason, think that I don't need to. Mm. Like my mind is really centered towards the marketing side of things and the development of a brand. So once I master that, I feel like I f- will be more comfortable to. But it takes decades to master anything. Master so. more in the sense of just, I use that Get as a handle the on term it of deal. feel comfortable to start. Yeah. Hey, this is what we do in the podcast and just allow myself to live in it. Gotcha. Because like what I realized before was how much I was chasing the emotion of it. With comedy, you're out every night because what you were saying earlier, you're out every night because the feeling of oh, I'm gonna feel terrible if I'm not out tonight. Yeah, they're so, gonna get yeah, they're gonna it's like a race. Gonna judge they're gonna me. get ahead of me. Yeah, yeah. And then, oh, the only person who's gonna get ahead of you, yeah, and the only person who's gonna judge you is you. You, you're the only one in your way. And I'm starting to realize that like oh, I don't have to. I'm, I'm getting it, eh? <laughs> yeah, I don't you're have like, to. As your point, like as you come closer <laughs> to your conclusion, you get further from the mic. You're like, uh, and here's the thing, <laughs> I. I'm realizing, like, yeah, I don't have to rush. Like, I could be 40 and launch a podcast, and it could happen. Love it. It doesn't matter. It's, am I funny? And do people see that? And they're like, oh, you're, you you seem like you'd be a good actor. It's like, oh, I'm an actor. It's like, oh, that that's what I want to be. I want to be those things. Um, and the other shit is just kind of on top of it. I respect that, dude. Work. I respect that, you know? You, put, you prioritize the financial backing as you said it. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because, dude, I've had a taste of the money. And I was like, I'd rather have no involvement. I'd rather have no, like, if I can pay my bills, I'm that's it. And I'm going to focus 100% on incremental growth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the route I'm going. And I'm confident we're literally ending up in the same place. It's you know kind of I mean? cool to it watch it It ends up like in the that. same place. 
Yeah. It's just I got dipped. I, I got... I've been getting exposed to and a feeling of this corporate shit since I was 18, since I had to start doing co-op yeah. up until the point of 26, you know? Eight years of it between school and that, you're like, good riddance. Good riddance to this shit, you know? I'll forego all the money just to be like, oh, the only thing I'm actually working on today, like, you you know, designs when you came and whatever, right? I just like, I like the idea of just step-by-step, tiny-step, working towards making this thing bigger and come together just through the effort of trial and error, you know? I just, I'm, I don't... But the thing, this thing is your brand is what you're talking about, right? Yeah, I don't like the... It is, but I don't... I just, you know, like when I when I, when I use the word brand, I feel like uh, it has a corporate vision. Like I have a corporate vision where I'm lining out my goals explicitly. And There's a like, part of that. There is. There always is. Like that's depending on the approach you take. I avoid using the word brand, but it really is. It really is the same thing. I'm just talking about the creative thing I'm doing. I'm doing it on all these, like same thing as you. I'm acting. I'm doing stand-up. Yeah. I got the podcast. And it all comes together somehow. And I don't know. And every day I work towards making this fucking a triangle line. Close and be self-sustaining. You know that thing Iron Man built in a fucking cave in Iron Man 1? The the thing? Like I'm trying to make all my creation that thing that powers me financially and everything. You know what I mean? Like just and it's nowhere near there, but I like I like tinkering away at it. And in the meantime, I'll just fucking stay away because this money doesn't do shit for me, bro. I think I think that everybody's gotta figure out like how you're going to realize that thing you want. Like just how you have that plan in your mind. Like same thing for if the plan is I'm just going to go with it, be honest that that's what the plan is so that when you end up somewhere that doesn't feel emotionally right, you're pissed, but you're like, I'm mad because I knew that this is where it was going to end up. So there's a balance to that. But you have to also just like, I think we're lucky that we get to have a bit of attention from the right community. You know what I mean? Like if the community can't comedy community didn't pay attention to us or ever give us spots, it's all for nothing. Like that's why you need YouTube and you need somebody to audience you. You need an, somebody to be like, yes, you do this. This is funny. And, um, how you decide to get those people is kind of up to everybody. It's up to you. Yeah, exactly. And the eyes, how you yeah. get eyes how you get eyes and trying to figure that out it is like you know am i going to do it through acting am i going to do it through mike rita who's really probably the most grassroots person you know oh he just did it just through like no promotions just, yeah. on instagram or no like come do this or that he just it puts stuff up it's not that regular it's yeah, a decade plus of stand-up it's doing it constantly people. you build a following yeah and yeah. that's like you have to see all of these things to really be like well, where do i fit into this same thing with corporate it's like where do you fit into this and um, I think that creative people get away from asking themselves that because there's something that lacks creativity about planning for some of us artists like that. We're like, well, I'm not going to, I don't want to plan at all because like the whimsy of allowing it to be in the moment, it's like, yeah. You that only have, gets you so far. It only though. gets you so far. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a balance. But again, like I do commend you because I fucking could not do, dude, I can't, I can't fucking. Oh, that corporate game, dude. But like I was talking in the last episode, I do miss working with good people, you know? When you have a sick team and like you work with competent people and it almost feels like a relay, like, yeah, oh, like you're man, doing we're good all stuff. competent. Yeah. And we're, we're like, we're getting record time here. Like that feeling a little bit where you like you, on just one sprint, one 
uh, zoomed in package of something you're doing, some sort of productivity. It's the zoom out that I hate, where it's like, all right, we're working towards a project this year. Every three months, yeah. the aims are gonna change, the milestones are gonna shift, and I need you all to recalibrate your own motivation to meet this shit. I'm like, I'm done. No, I can't. I can't do that shit. I can't yeah. do that shit. I think there's also this, uh, like, capitalism takes the morality out of you know the whole purpose. Sometimes, like, you're like, why do we need ten thousand employees at this thing? You know, like, uh, is it really to cover the globe? Is that how this this works? Like, you like is every trying to take over the world? Is every business yeah. meant to just be like max? Yeah, 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 let's just take over the world. Like, like is that always the end goal of the business? Yeah, and it, it's just like, oh, so we're just always going to turn into a call center? Is that what this is? It's like you forget. That's why it's actually interesting, and why this all feels like it, it just compacts into acting and comedy is. You have to just experience all these different things to be able to talk to people. Like, yeah, so working in a corporate job feels like X, Y, and Z. And a lot of people who work in corporate jobs are like, fuck, that guy gets it. Why does he get it so much? Versus a comedian who's been a comedian since they're 16 years old. And, you know, they've been doing that the it's whole like, time. Yeah, it's like a... It's, it's like different. A, what's it called? Where it's like a built muscle. Yeah. It's like muscle memory at that point. Yes, and you but just know how to perform. To be honest, it. though, stand-up for me is like, stand-up and podcasting are the truth. Acting? The truth. Acting, and I know you're gung-ho about acting, bro. The truth is, I like acting on a limited level. You know what I fucking hate about acting, dude? I hate getting an audition where you have to conjure up some, like, neck. I hate crying in an audition that requires you to cry and then never hearing back. <laughs> that's well, what I fucking hate that's about. That's why I like this, it. This emotional roller coaster you have to put yourself through. I'm like, fuck that. Let me write some shit that I think is great. Make it. People say it's not that good. Do it again. People say it's not that good. The third, fourth, fifth, sixth one, just like everything else in life, bound to get better and evolve. Yeah. Rather than just this fucking, I'm trying to, dude, I'm trying to model my career off of, I'm trying to like Danny McBride and Louis C.K. Danny McBride. Danny McBride's hilarious. Movies, hilarious shows, puts the his very similar crew. Brand. They get it done. Fucking awesome. Funny, great shows look like they're fun to shoot. Louis C.K., same with the show, amazing stand-up. I'm trying to combine those two where I'm not. I don't think either of those guys are out auditioning all the time. They're more thinking like, what's a, what's a good thing I can create? And I want to get into that more once this not working web series is done. I'm actually working on it right now. So uh, we'll see how that ends up and what comes of that. But in the meantime, I got to be honest with you, bro. When I get these five, six page fucking auditions for like a dramatic part that has no comedy, I'm like, fuck. I treat it exactly the same. And my girl sees this too. Exactly the same as a project in school where I leave it to the last second and I fucking memorize the yeah, lines yeah. and bang it up. do three, four takes with the lines memorized and then just use the final take. But that's why I like it is because it seems so hard to get it and it's, it is hard to do well. Um, I know Seinfeld has often said, like, acting, anybody can do it. It's like, yes, anybody can do it. But can anybody do the role that is required of X scene? No, they can't. Like, there's a level of technical that I'm, I'm, I just, I'm attracted to creative, technical, difficult stuff. Like, comedy is technically difficult. There's a technical way that makes it happen way better. Yes. And when you see somebody do it, 
in their way and they line it up, you're like, that's, you know, we talk about Rita. He can do it and he does it in that very quick. He's talking very fast. He's sharp. He's like a big shark out there. And the laugh comes when he knows when the laugh. When he knows the laugh come. come. Yeah. And it's the same thing with acting. It's like, can I get this a reaction to happen in the scene, let alone get the actual role to try to do that again over here? It's just like so hard that that's why I'm attracted to it. And I love to give myself up to these really hard things because I think I have this like desperate need to prove that I can do kind of shit like that for myself. So I wasn't very good at acting when I first started, when I was auditioning, because I don't emote very well. I can excite, yeah. but when it comes to being like sad, I only a few things make me really sad. So I had to work on that and continue to work on that. But it can't be this unsolvable puzzle forever where I never get a role and I never star in a movie. Oh, so yeah. I'm curious if that ever happens. It will. Repetitions will get you there inevitably, like everything in life. So, but I agree with you. Like, you're not excited about all of them all the time, but I like, I'm attracted to this very difficult. You know, some guys are like, I got to jump out of a plane. Or to get I, that thrill. To get that thrill. I get that through like, hey, I'm terrified of doing this scene. I don't know any of you. I don't even think I can do this, but let's try it. And let's, let me not try to convey how nervous I am. See, I like the acting class vibe. I've taken a bunch of acting classes when I first moved here. I like that vibe. Yeah. It's a community. I like it. I actually it's act community. better when, when when I'm in front of people. I'm like, okay, I can't mail this in. I got to go for it. Try, yeah. And then they're going to tell me what's... I'm going to do my best. And then from there, they're going to tell me what I could do better. But getting a fucking random dramatic part at home where they're telling you, muster these. You're thinking about this. Tears are beginning to nothing makes me sadder than crying for a part and never hearing back dude at least fucking how are you gonna like i'm never gonna do that again i'm just gonna convey sadness but i actually conjured tears for, for this like one i did a month ago where it was like i had to go to dark places to get these tears and i'm like what the fuck am i doing this hey, is like this, this is, is not no this is not good i was like in a fucked up place for like 48 hours you would have loved my teacher fuck that i just had she said Never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, and I, yeah, she yeah, said yeah, yeah. if there's something that she realized where it, it's if you, you're trying to obviously substitute and subtract or add and subtract. So it's like if a guy gets hit by a car, I know what that feels like. I've been hit by a car. So I can, just, I can put that in my mind. This happened to me. But she said if that brings you emotional hardship, yes. don't go there. She's gotcha. like, just go, you know, go halfway. Yeah. And if it doesn't ma match what the scene's energy is, so then be it. it just is what it is. Gotcha. And well, then I fucking. She has a ton of theater training. So I was expecting her to, you know, methodology us and give us the philosophy. But she was just like, no, this is just scenes and their words and there's cues and stuff that make it happen. And then you realize the comedy of it all. Even if it's dramatic, you're like, we're just trying to turn the key to open the door. Same thing with the jokes. It's like, if the scene is, this character loves you, I have to show love. How am I doing that? And can I do it? That's, I like that. It's like, because how many times are we going to fail till you realize like, it's just. I can tell you're in an acting class right now. Oh, just yeah. just how about empty it. you are about this. That's <laughs> yeah. acting class energy you're yeah. throwing at me right now. I've been, I haven't done one in like two years and I've probably done a hundred auditions in that time. I'm yeah. jaded. And all I know is I'm jaded, I'm jaded bro. <laughs> The audition call, in my mind, I'm like trying to book it for the sake of like paying rent. I'm like, okay, it says for tears. For me to conjure these tears, I don't know how to do it halfway. 
I don't know how to do it without going to that place. But first of so, all, you get those auditions. That's impressive. That yeah. They want like, you to do. They think you could do it. That's incredible. Yeah. I don't even look at it like that. I look at it you as like, they, I look at it as they want. Um, they want uh, a black. They like guy. to see. No, 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 no. I'm probably all the people are like black or something like that or some sort of. They look at you minority. and you're like, this guy can do it. He's good. The way I see it is they want to see options. They want to see the range of what's out there. I don't see it as they've chosen me. Oh my God! They've looked at my picture and chosen no. me. No, they have. I look at it as they 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 want to see what's out there. No, no, no. Yeah, they want to see what's First out. First of there. all, you know these people. Okay, so perfect example is a corporate world. First of all, these people that do these like auditions and they look at it have already directors. Yeah, they already have no time for their own job. So like their job is to watch X amount of people who are supposed to fill the role. They already don't have time for that. So they are based on what? What's taking up the time? They just have other things to think about. It's like a man. <laughs> but that's their job, though. Think about this for a second. You've worked in corporate jobs. What yes. do managers do? Pretty much everything except their job. Fucking emails. Because dude. they just fill their day up with yeah, other stuff. Yeah, create meetings. Because everybody is realistically in a position that's like 30% of what they really like to do. And because they've gained authority in that position, they usually leverage the authority to do other stuff. And they've all done it and they fill their day up. That's why they're like, it has to be good in the first few seconds because I don't have time to watch it. Yeah. So they're definitely not taking more than their share of what they have to do. They look at you specifically. They're like, a boss we think can do this. Every time they look at your resume, they're like, he can do this role. We see him as this character. We want to see him as this character. That's the way it is. So that's why I like to work because I don't want to have to have to get it to move my life forward. I just want to be able to say, hey, Paige, our agent, this is how much progress I've made since the last one. And this is how much pro Until one day she's like selling me to the point of, well, I've seen him grow. You got to check this out. This is good. That's what I realized the game is. Same thing with the gatekeepers we realized in comedy. At some point, you're performing for the Joey Harlems. And the Puff Mamas, because they booked the show. You're not performing for like the audience. At, at some point, you're like, I got to show this person. Yes, that that I'm I'm the 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 bee's knees or whatever. That I got it yeah, right. Yeah. Here's the thing. I like that. I'm right there with you. Okay. And I never think twice about a role when I submit it. I've done so many fucking auditions. You got to let that shit as soon as I submit, let it fade into the ether. But. When you conjure tears for an audition, <laughs> it's different. I've this was the only audition I've had to do this, yeah. where I was like, "It's like they give me a callback." You know what I mean? At least give everybody a callback that conjured the tears, yeah, and but, never book them again. Let me get that fifty dollars check, man. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like think that's of what, the only one that that had. And and your teacher's advice was great. I wish I heard that shit yeah. before. When you have some sort of emotional connection to the piece you make, it's hard to throw it into the ether. You're like, okay, at least tell me a no. At least respond and be like, no. Because you know in the acting game, when you when you submit something they don't like or, or something that's not good enough, you just never hear back. Yeah. You just that's how it goes. No one says no. I want the no. Tell me the no. Tell me you suck. I'll well, be like, damn, I'll I cried and they said you suck, and now I have a story at least. Well, you got no, you just don't like the version of the no that you got. Yeah, I want a real no for this one. And for some reason, that it's just gone. What I if someone like in that. my mind, I'm like, nobody ever watched that. I like that. They're so busy. No, no one even. What if they watched the guy cry in the first ten seconds? Like, that's the tears we want. Well, I, I, I'm just fucking. I'm eight videos later. They didn't even click on it. So I'm home, fucked up, eating popcorn. What that means to me is eventually that's gonna f be me. 
So at some point, there's going to be book, a book, bro. I, I, but bro, that's for you too. Five like, years from now? Do you know how many people can't say that they've had hundreds of auditions and some of them get six, five page, six auditions? A boss, for a guy that doesn't really care about it or, or wants foot forward with that, you're, you're going to get something. It's yeah, like, I mean, I've gotten stuff it's and good. I'm not mad at that. No, I know. But you're going to yeah. get something where you're like, fuck, I don't even know if I want to do this. <laughs> it's a recurring thing and I got to work on it all the time. Dude, I, I, I fucking, I just submitted a thing for that that had 40 scenes or 30 scenes. And I'm like, fuck, I hope I don't book this. <laughs> fuck. 30 scenes? I just fucking spent a day memorizing these six pages and dropping them. I don't want this. That's the truth. I don't want it. And I even tell my, my agent, don't give me anything over five pages. Oh. I don't want it. I don't want it unless it's comedic. Well, hey, there's no limit on comedy. Listen, what if you do? What if you start saying yes to those opportunities and you get one, and the guy or girl or they or whoever on set is a person whose brother has a thing in L.A. for comedy? You don't know where the story's going. So you gotta let yourself, because if those opportunities are trying to come to you, you're saying say yes to everything because you don't know what'll come. Not yes to everything, but when you are at the stage that you're at, where you could probably be getting a little bit better auditions if you just said, okay, I'll do bigger ones. If you got a bigger role at those rooms, you get to be in with people. What do you do? Hey, I'm a comedian. Like I don't want to be in those rooms. It's very helpful for you. I don't, dude. I don't want to be in a. Big right now where I'm at, I don't want to be in a big part that I didn't write. Okay, but if you but get it, right? if you got it and you nailed it, why yeah. don't you want to be in if you deserve it? I wouldn't even want to do it. I don't want to do anything dramatic because I want to be focusing on stand up. You know how much time it takes to get on a, on a Tuesday, three p.m. They go here's a six page thing that's due Thursday, ten a.m. I yeah, can't do it tonight. I need my girlfriend to read the other sides. So now I got to do it. now. Tomorrow night is this thing. Yeah. Tomorrow night is this thing now. That a part I'm not even interested in. I, w- I don't want all that to be happening in my week twice a week. I don't want that. I do not want that. You know what I you know the way I figured this thing is going to go down is you're going to book a, a lot of small parts. A small two lines, three lines, and then once you build your repertoire with those, they're going to see you for more supporting roles where you have more time on screen where you're more trusted. Just be careful so I'm like, with Yo. that because that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like if you're uh, sometimes people don't see you as that. Sometimes they look at your thing and you're like, oh, fuck, a boss is already a supporting role. Or a boss is already somebody we Well, I'm reading for those. I just don't want to read for a lead because I'm not going to get a lead because I have one booked fucking one-line thing. Who's going to book me as a lead? Hey, you don't know if if the casting director is specific. If they're booking me as a lead, they have fucking, I don't know what's going on with this this production, bro. If you had enough money where a short you were making could fund to have a few actors where you could pay them. Mm Mm-hmm. And you had a guy that had like one credit, but you know you talk to him or that or a girl, whatever. And you're like, hey, how's it going? Whatever. And they gave you the impression that they could do it, and they only had one credit. And you, as the creative, are looking for somebody that you know is probably undervalued. Wouldn't you take the chance? Like, that's what I mean. You got to be able to put yourself in their shoes as the creative people. Like, they don't look at you the way you look at you, like fucking uh, McDonald's commercial. They look at you like maybe nobody's given this guy this chance yet. And if we do it and he's knocks it out of the park, like they're thinking you're the next whatever, even but if they don't take risks like that in Canada. I'm I know. Very, Canada's different. They don't take but risks in Canada. I don't think about it. You got to be. Stuff. Yeah. They do not take risks in Canada. You yes. have to have been cop number two yeah. before to be cop number one. You yeah. have to have been paramedic number two to be doctor. Like they don't take risks here. Okay. So it's like 
give me more opportunities to audition and book smaller parts and build my repertoire in a way that I think it actually makes sense. Make me more comfortable on set on a small level yeah. before I go there on a big level. I agree with that. So why am I fucking auditioning for all these big things that are wasting my time? I'm not interested in them, so the audition's not going to be good. You know? Well, I was, pro- I'm thinking it's got a little bit of a corporate vibe to it. That's why I don't I'm like thinking it. from the perspective that you're ready to do it, so that's why you're getting it and you are doing a good job. Yeah, we'll see. I'm not thinking if it's like that far out of the scope of it. Bro, you're going to start one of these years. You're going to be booking so much. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, acting. Uh, your comedy, your stand-up is going to get hurt. Because oh, it'll it. definitely affect that. It. No, I'm saying I'm already seeing that. Where it's like, Paul Chico, man, you haven't been on stage. Like you're on set all the time. Because you're going to book a lot. You're, I think I see that. Hopefully, you're going to book a lot. No, Thank you're going to book a lot. Trust me. Like I would. You're that guy. I can I don't see know, it 100%. The, uh, the, my skin tone's You'd not trending. You'd be the guy, bartender, right whatever. Yeah, 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 but still, you know, they still gotta, they still gotta make. They're still white guys. They're just not yeah. like put up front now. Then now well, they're like, I want that uh, because I want the clout from acting to get on stage. Yeah, I, I say fuck that, fuck that. I'd rather the clout from my podcast, which is going straight to people. Yeah, true. Rather than you see me playing Steven on some fucking <laughs> high school drama. You know yes. what I mean? Like, hear my actual thoughts and feelings. No, I mean amongst us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I so know. So, like, the mean. bookers are like, fuck, I love that show that you're on. I'm like, hey, but by that point that you're show? booking, you'll already be a good enough comic that it'll be like, let's just put together a tour and let's just fucking yeah, go out there and let's grassroots build 50 people at a 50 people per show love us and your 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 audience built 50 at a time you know it builds 50 at a time fuck this thing off i can't i i can't wait to book a big thing and then they'll see me that, that's not gonna happen but what will happen I, I get these senses man like uh i i don't know but when i got certain jobs i just said like to myself yeah something's gonna take me away from it and uh, i do have a sense we are gonna tour sooner than later um, and some, yeah, some good stuff's happening. It's just, I think COVID let us Tetris the mind a little bit. It's now in a nice tight box. Yeah. It's, it's all going to come together. That's why I'm saying I'm pushing uh, my whole approach is incremental growth. One podcast a week, make my shit, get on stage and everything will fucking fall into place. My friend, everything will fall into place. There's nothing stronger than compound interest. Nothing. You know? Nothing. Ooh, that's a good way to end it, dog. Buddy. Yo, tell the people where to find you, man. Uh, just Jordan Policicchio on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, evidently, if you want to be sold something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to try to launch some shows in Toronto. I got the Don't Be Sorry podcast. You want to listen to old episodes? Uh, yeah, more stuff to come. We got, we're, it's, we're rolling. I think there's going to be some more media for the old, uh, Mad Funny Boys. So, we know. Oh, we're going with that name? It just feels good right now. So, what let's do you guys roll think about the, the name, uh, group of, uh, grouping of shows in Toronto called Mad Funny? Mad Funny. Has it, have we Googled, Googled it? Has that been taken? I mean, I'm sure. Watch some hateful person right we now. We would know about it in down. Toronto. Right? Mad funny Toronto. Let's see if it's available. Mad Check it out. Uh, but yo, from my end, as always, uh, if you want to support the show directly or get bonus episodes, check out patreon.com slash the immigrant section. And if you haven't yet, smash subscribe plus follow whatever it is. And if it's on Apple, hook it up with five stars. Jordan, this has been a pleasure, dog. Let's Thank do you. this shit again. I'll see you on stage probably tomorrow. Uh, Sunday's at uh, nothing. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's it, do it. Is it open mic? Yeah. Oh, sick. Okay. Sick. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. I might not be there. It's Father's Day tomorrow. This guy. You it's don't fattest. want it, man. You don't want it. <laughs> Yo, until next time, y'all have been the best. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Peace.